How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are. Here we are, another day for another great study, working our way through the Gospel of Luke, trying to finish up uh, the Gospel of Luke before the holidays. We're really trying to crush it. And so we're just kind of just just powerhousing our way through. We got a few more chapters left and uh, then we're done. So so grab your Bibles, notepads and pens and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 21. And we'll pick up where we left off and just go go again verse by verse, point by point all the way through here. And as we see, and just kind of just a, a quick glance at the chapter, we see Jesus yet discussing again, going on again about the things that will happen in the end of days of the great persecutions and troubles and things. So see Jesus actually giving a bit of a time frame as talking about some things that will happen uh, very soon in their time uh, and also what's going to happen in the end of days. These things to look forward, forward to, uh, to beware of and to prepare yourself for these things. So Please grab your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. And if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding this study at hand, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. If it's not related to the topic at hand, if you just please hold that to the end of the study or to um, a broadcast where we'll be addressing that. Um, but as it's going... <laughs> Uh, we're going to be kind of uh, just uh, crushing this all the way right up to Christmas Eve. So the last chapter will be on Christmas Eve on the 24th. So we're not going to be having a regular Q&A for a little while, at least until the new year. We'll be back again on January 2nd, Lord willing. Lord willing. And uh, we'll, we'll pick up a new study from there. And... Uh, yeah, so I hope that you've been following along in our study so far. Um, as uh, There's been a lot of stuff that we've been bringing up. There's a lot of great information that we see in our studies, uh, doctrine and teaching and theology. I hope that you've been following along. Please make sure you re-watch uh, the previous videos and share them around. And show your support by giving a like on the videos as well. And subscribing and hitting the notification bell icon so you know we put up new videos and all of that. All that good stuff. Alright, so we're just delaying a little bit to give some time for everyone else to join in. So go get your tea, get your coffee, go, go grab your notepad and your pens and all of that. And get yourself ready for another great study. All right, so in this as well, uh, we're going to be talking about the end of days. Uh, I received a comment on uh, one of my videos, uh, my video regarding, according to the Bible, what is the mark of the beast? And uh, there's a, a lady named Natasha left a comment asking just about some uh, some things about the end of days. But I haven't uh, written a response yet because her question uh, questions actually fall right into the category of what we're going to be studying about today. So I'm going to be addressing Natasha's questions um, in today's study as well. So I hope, Natasha, you don't mind that. I'm sure you don't. And uh, yeah, so if you have anything else you're wondering about, please go ahead, ask away. All right. So we see Jesus again finishing up um, 
in his in his warning of the Pharisees and the scribes and all that, we addressed that yesterday, where Jesus in, in uh, chapter 20, verse 46, beware of the scribes and beware of these individuals. Beware of the Pharisees. Beware uh, of these individuals, uh, false prophets and false Christs and these individuals that will that will rise up to deceive many and to corrupt the truth. Now, it is a sign of the times. Jesus says many false prophets will arise and will deceive many. There will be many false Christs uh, claiming to be Christ, claiming to be the way, the truth, the life. There will be many false gospels. How can we protect ourselves from these kinds of things? In Galatians 1, 8 to 9, many fa false gospels, uh, uh, there will be many false gospels which are not Gospels of Christ, but are false doctrines, lies, and heresies, and these things the, that are accursed of God, it says. How can we protect ourselves? How can we know what is truth with all of the plethora of different opinions and doctrines and, and feelings and teachings out there? How can we know what is truth? Well, we get our nose in the book and we study the Word of God. What does it say? And we talked about that emphatically yesterday, really emphasizing heavily on uh, what it says is what it means. It is written, it is written. We refute everything by the word of God. We use the word of God to refute everything, to correct everything, to test everything. We test the spirits by the word of God. We test the spirits of person, place, or things. We test doctrine, teaching, ideology, opinion, vision, dreams, experiences. We test everything by the word of God. If it contradicts the word of God even remotely, then it's wrong. It doesn't matter where it came from, who said it, or whatever. Now, when it comes to the signs of the times in the end of days you're going to find one of the top most controversial contentious topics uh, everybody has an opinion of how how they think the end of days is going to be uh, people have said all kinds of crazy things uh, especially when it comes to the mark of the beast everything's the mark of the beast uh, everything from automatic toothbrushes to microchips on your debit cards everybody said everything has been the mark of the beast but what does the bible flat out say it flat out says it will be his name or the number of his name the actual numerical value in a designed sigil to, to be the seal of the antichrist so it's not a needle because it has to be in your forehead or your right hand. So when you actually look at all the specific details about all these different things, this is where we can see what is truth and what is not. By understanding the absolute specific details. What are the direct specific words in the passage? Do the word study to understand what is going on. And it's the same as understanding salvation. We look, and again, we're going to bring up, for example, the topic of grace. What does grace mean when you actually do a study? Grace is absence of self. It's all of God, none of me. It's, it's the undeserved favor, unmerited favor of God, unmerited. So then, since grace is the unmerited favor, absence of self, how can we then say that works are a necessity and a requirement for salvation? That directly contradicts the very meaning of grace according to the Bible. So when we understand the specifics of these things, 
we can really learn how to refute error. To, so when it comes to the end of days, and we look at these things in chapter 21, we want to really pay close attention to what Jesus is saying, to what the Spirit of God had given the writers and told them what to write, of when things will happen, how they will happen, how they'll come to pass, and the different things to look for. Now, the Word of God is very, very specific on these things. And it's our job to study it out. All right. So, there we go. So, grab your Bible and turn with me to Luke 21 and follow along. So, Jesus just finishes up his teaching in chapter 20, verses 46, 47, warning the people against the, the legalistic Judaizer, Pharisee, scribes, and all of them. Don't, uh, beware of these individuals, for they know not God, and they will lead you astray. All right, so chapter 21, verse 1. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. So Jesus is still in the temple here. This is not a different day or anything. You see, the chapter verse divisions are not inspired. They, they were added to help and assist with the, uh, with the uh, scholastic type teaching, with just to understand where things are, to be able to find things easier, to help with, the, with search and study of scripture. Because when we see here, chapter 20, the end of chapter 20 and the beginning of chapter 21 is a consistent flowing thought. It continues. That Jesus finishes telling them about, about the scribes and the Pharisees, and then he turns and he sees people casting tithes into the treasury. So it's the same place, same moment, same time. Okay? It's the same place, same moment, same time. It's not a different day or anything. Because that can kind of come into our mind when we pay attention to the chapter divisions. It kind of breaks up the thought and makes it seem like a separate event. But it's not. It's a, continue, it's a continuous narrative. Alright, so he, he tells them, beware of the Pharisees and the scribes. And he turns and he looks and he sees rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. So we see the temple of God and then they would have these... These special boxes and places where people come and cast in coins and things, their offerings and their tithes uh, to help with the upkeep of the building to for the purchase of, uh, of new materials or whatever else is needed to help with the upkeep of the place. So there's nothing wrong with gifts and tithes and that kind of stuff. Uh, but Jesus wants to bring a point here. So he sees rich men casting in their gifts, great gifts, great, amount, great amounts of things. But he also turns in verse 2 and he sees a certain poor widow casting in their two mites. That's like two pennies to us kind of thing. To her, uh, uh, she takes out two mites and she gives. Now, some people would see that and would, would, uh, would snide that. They might remark on that. And that kind of thing, or the rich people that that they make a big deal, as the Pharisees would, they would make a big deal of all the stuff that they would give to the temple. In verse three, and Jesus sees the poor widow casting in her two mites, and he said, "Of a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all." You see, it's not about what you give; it's about how you give it now to talk about tithing just for a moment yes uh, tithing actually is an old testament uh 
Old Testament thing. Tithing is not actually mentioned in the New Testament as something required, as we see. Rather, it says to be a cheerful giver, to not let the right hand know what the left hand is doing, and that it's just as the Lord puts it on your heart kind of thing. That there's no percentage thing. That churches today kind of just go roughly just kind of use the the 10% kind of thing as a rule of thumb, but it's actually not a requirement that's that again is old testament just people say well i don't know how much to give what am i supposed to give well if you want percentage you do the 10 percent like they did in the old testament but you don't have to but it's rather we give as a means to help support the church to support the pastor the teaching the ministries and all this kind of stuff as the lord would put it on your heart and you never ever 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 let anyone else kind of peer pressure you or tell you how to do it you bring it up before the lord and the lord between you and the lord alone no one else you and the lord alone now jesus says of a truth is saying to you that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all for all these the, the rich men have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of god but she of her penury her her, her uh, her destitution of her penury had cast in all the living she had you see god doesn't look at what's in the hands he looks what's in, look at looks at what's in the heart you see the rich men they just say they just look at all of their wealth and they just kind of scoop up some of it and give it without even really thinking but she that this is a great weight on her this is this means a lot even though two pennies this is everything that she had See, and she gave it anyways because she loved the Lord, because she wanted to help the Lord, and uh, she wanted to help in some way, some form of her of her own. You see, the people would see the rich people say, "Oh, look, look at what they're giving! Oh, look how much they gave! Oh, look how much they gave!" and they pay no attention to her. But in the eyes of the Lord, she had more meaning, had had more desire, had more love of God than all of them combined. It's not about what you give or how much you give. It's how you give it. What it means to you. You want to help because you want to help the Lord. Now, contrary to the prosperity gospel individuals, it's not about giving so that God will give you more back. So it's kind of like the, the money scam. If you, give me, if you give me $40, I'll work it out so you get $400 back. You know, it's the money scam. Is it is you you sow a seed, sow a seed of money, and the Lord will the Lord will bless you and give you a whole bunch more. You'll fill your bank accounts. That's that money scam uh, that the prosperity preaching liars uh, use. That they use the money scam combined with religion as a get rich quick scheme. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It has nothing to do with God. It's not about that. You're not if you if you're just giving because you want the Lord to bless you. You've completely missed the point, and that's not what it's about. It's to help with the with the with the prosperity of the gospel, that it the gospel would prosper, not us. That the gospel would prosper. And if you're looking at yourself, you're not looking at Christ, not looking at the gospel. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could get a new Mercedes and a bigger bank account. Now. What has this got to do at the end of times, as we were talking about before? As we'll see, the love of many shall wax cold and the great apathy. A great apathy will kick in and people will no longer care about the gospel. I actually did a uh, um, a post on Instagram uh, the, the other day. And it really had an effect with some people. 
I, uh, my post says, the saints used to cry and plead for the sinners to turn to Christ before they fell over the precipice of hell, but now have become so apathetic to the gospel and enamored with modernism that they hold barbecues over hell's flames while arguing politics and social issues. That the point of the gospel, the point of the love of God, of the, of the flourishing of the church will die out. That people care more about themselves, their own bank accounts, their own prosperity, their own wealth and vanity. They care more about themselves than others. They care more that uh, that they are feeling good and that they are doing well than uh, that the gospel is getting out, that the church is flourishing and that the saints are strengthened and edified. This is a sign of the times. This is what, what, is, what it's talking about in Second Thessalonians. There will be a great falling away first. A great falling away first. And as the scriptures say, when the Lord comes again, will he even find faith in the earth? So Jesus actually makes it known that this widow is seen by God. Even though no one else sees her and no one else cares about her, the eyes of the Lord are upon her and he sees her. And he, he rewards her with, with a blessing of faithfulness. And that he blesses her and now she is recorded in scripture for all eternity. So Jesus kind of comments on this as we see the great apathy already taking effect and that that people in Israel have fallen away from the love of the Lord and has just become more of a religious thing. That, we, that you tithe because it's what you're supposed to do. You pray before you eat because that's what you're supposed to do. And they're just going through the motions and there's no thought about what they're doing. They're not even thinking about what they're doing. Why do you read your Bible? Why do you pray? Why do you go to church? Why do you hand out tracts? Because it's what you're supposed to do? Then you've missed the point. You've completely missed the point and the purpose. Now see, Jesus then moves over to verse 5. And, uh, and, and, as, some spake, and as some spake of the temple and how, and how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts. And so we see in the other gospels that Jesus finishes up there and starts walking out and his disciples start pointing out things in the temple and said that because as we see by the temple how great and ornate and, um, and magnificent of a structure and a building it, it, it was with all the different things in it and people look on the outward we look at the church buildings, we look at, we see the mega churches and we see all, everything else and the, the amount of people and the luxury and the vanities and the success. And we see, especially in nowadays, people put so much emphasis on the building itself. They care so much about the building, care so much about structures, materialism and vanity and luxuries. And the Lord points out here, verse 6, and he says, as for these things which ye beheld, the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. It's all going to get torn down. It's all going to rot away. It's all going to fade away. It's all going to be lost. It's all going to be destroyed. The money is going to be spent. Beauty fades. When we put so much emphasis on the appearance so much emphasis on materialism and wealth and vanity we've completely missed the point that the point in the power of spirit is lost the purpose of spirit is lost the spirit of the gospel is lost 
And what do I mean by that? Well, you see, there's the, the, the physicality of the gospel where we gather together because we believe the gospel and, and we believe in Jesus and we believe in the Bible and we gather together. We have church. We sing the hymns. And so there's the, there's the, there's the meeting and the gathering and the religiosity of the gospel. But where's the spirit of power of the gospel? Where's the love of it? Where you, where you care so much about it, you'll speak about it, you'll witness of it, and you'll live it. And it actually means something to you. The gospel spirit, the spirit of Christ that lives in the heart of every believer that cries out um, uh, that you would go and speak and preach the gospel to the lost, that you would actually go out of your comfort zones and witness. That you would care about these things. See, that's what the widow, the widow, had the true love of the spirit of God. The others, the rich men, had the love of the benefits of the blessings of God and had not the love of the Spirit of God. She had the fear of God. They did not. You see this? The love of many shall wax cold and the Spirit of God will be ignored. And it's only the, the mystic religiosity of traditionalism of God and the Word of God and the Law of God and the Temple of God that is left. But we see... In, in uh, the scripture, it talks about to, to restore the old waste places, to restore the old landmarks, that we need to go back to what is truly important. But, as we say that, we also must acknowledge and understand that it's, just, it's going to get worse. And we must guard ourselves uh, that we'll, we will begin to see more and more and more of others falling away. Friends, family, and other people from the church and others uh, professed Christians have become cold and apathetic and fall away and, fall, and more and more and more. And you'll feel kind of left alone like Elijah crying out to the Lord that you're the only one left. He says, but there's 7,000 others, but you can't find them. The great falling away, the great apathy. As we saw, as Israel was a foreshadowing of this. We see the time of Israel and, the, and how they went through these things and the great falling away, the great apathy that swept over Israel. And then the time of the Gentiles came in. And we, and we see because Israel had fallen away and rejected it, that it had been gone over to the Gentiles and the Gentiles took it and carried it. We are in currently what is called the time of the Gentiles. And now we have the same warning that there will be a great falling away, great apathy, and we are seeing it happen. We are seeing it come to come to be. Or people care more about the wealth and the luxuries and the vanity of the charismatic prosperity preachers. People care more about the traditionalism and religiosity as the orthodox and all of them. It's all about the outward. And we see infightings and the love of many are waxing cold. We're seeing it. And the great falling away of saints in droves are leaving the churches and giving up the faith. They won't witness. They won't evangelize. They don't care about the fear of God and the love of the Spirit of God. And we care so much about our buildings. We care so much about our rights and liberties and freedoms. We care so much about the outward and the appearance and the luxuries and the vanities and the traditions. We care so much about these things that, we, that it takes over our mind and we don't think about what is truly important. 
and the disciples turn to Jesus and Jesus talks about how not how one stone shall not be left upon another and verse 7 and they ask him saying master but when shall these things be when everything will be destroyed and everything will be lost when will these things be and what sign will there be when those things shall come to pass what kind of events and things are going to happen when we see that this is, this is going to take place? Now you understand, as I mentioned about the time of Israel, the time of the Jews, and uh, and how the, there'll be a great destruction come upon them, and then we'll see the time of the Gentiles. Verse 8, they ask him, what are the signs of the times when all of this will happen? Verse 8, and he said, take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Many people preaching a different Jesus. Do we see that? Yep. Many different gospels. Many different gospels of different Jesuses. We see the Jesus of Roman Catholicism is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the of the Anglicans, the Jesus of the Methodists, the Jesus of the Lutheran, the Jesus of the Mormon, the Jesus of Seventh-day Adventists, the Jesus of the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Jesus of the Seventh-day Adventists is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of Islam, Buddha, and Hinduism is not the Jesus of the Bible. A Jesus that preaches mandatory religiosity, a Jesus that preaches law and works and righteous works to earn, to gain, or maintain, to keep your salvation, is not the Jesus of the Bible. A Jesus that preaches uh, that water baptism is a, is a mandatory requirement is not the Jesus of the Bible. And all of those other denominations and religions that I mentioned preach contrary to the Word of God. And are not the Jesus of the Bible. There are many other Christs. Don't go after them. Don't go after them. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. So we see one of the signs of the times uh, that you're you're entering the end of days is when you start seeing different Jesuses. Do we see that today? in mass you can hardly get around a street corner without finding some pagan religion church preaching a different jesus that every town is inundated with different jesuses what are what are some other signs of the times when you start seeing these kinds of things come to be verse 9 when you should hear of wars and commotions well there have always been wars Yes, there have always been wars. There have always been commotions and wars and rumors of wars. Yes, but it's when these are happening in conjunction with all of these other things at the same time. Yes, there have always been wars. There have always been other religions. But when you see, see these things magnifying simultaneously with all of these other things as red flags, it's like, what are the symptoms of a disease? Well, they'll give you a list of all of these symptoms, all of these different kinds of things that you could possibly come up with if you have a disease. But if you just look at only one of them, let's say overtiredness, does that mean you have cancer? No, it could just mean you're literally just overtired. But can cancer cause you to be overtired? Yeah. What What? What about... What about... Uh, uh, sluggishness numbness headaches 
uh, what about pains and weird it weird itchy rashes and you look at all these other kinds of symptoms when you put all of these things in conjunction together then you know okay something really bad is is going on but if it's just one of those things it, it most likely doesn't mean anything overly severe you see wars okay that's one of the symptoms wars and rumors of wars the great falling away many false christs wars, wars of commotion be not terrified for these things must first come to pass but the end is not yet by and by we see pestilences and plagues and famines and then earthquakes in diverse places and crazy storms and you start pairing all the different things together all of the symptoms of, of what will be the end of times then we can see okay now we know what's going on we see the governments working together a one world government one world economy one world religion we see them trying to make peace in the middle east okay we see all the signs of the times nation shall rise against nation verse 10 and then he said unto them, nation shall rise against nation kingdom against kingdom great earthquakes be in diverse places and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall the, shall there be from heaven and crazy things happening in in the sky with, with the cosmos now like like what well the sun darkening the moon turning to blood the stars falling from heaven <laughs> and also just on a side note some weird crazy thing has also been noted by uh astronomers that uh, they that they're noticing with their big huge massive telescopes staring out at the stars they're noticing something weird is re- is happening something really weird is happening you see they'll focus in on one section of space and they'll see all the different stars and constellations and things in this one section of space and they're noticing that when they what they'll, they'll take pictures and images of this area and they'll see all the stars and constellations and stuff and they'll come back a few days later or some time later at the same spot same spot that their telescopes are locked on huge portions of stars are gone the stars are disappearing the astronomers are saying they said it's like someone is just flicking the switch and they're just turning off they're not exploding into supernova or anything they're just literally just blinking out and the stars are vanishing stars are vanishing what does it say great signs shall be in the heavens the stars will fall from heaven meaning they will disappear they will go away now hey hey how's it going uh so we see symptoms symptoms of a disease now this disease is not a disease of physicality as it is a disease of spiritual there's a great disease in our society in our civilizations in our countries there's a great disease in our churches and Jesus is warning us of these things that 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 uh, when these illnesses and diseases are coming in we're going to notice these symptoms that uh, as the scriptures say that the wicked shall be turned to hell and every nation that forgets God that when the Lord is kicked out when the Lord is hated when the, when the Lord God is opposed and fought against these horrible things will take place now when the Lord is here the Lord blesses but when the Lord is removed 
What else comes in to take over that void? You see, when God is removed, something else will take over. What will that be? The enemy? We go back, for example, and look in the early 1960s. And you can actually look at the uh, charts and you look at all, all the different things of, of the polls and the charts and stuff that show the different kinds of corruptions and things that have come into society when, when God and the Bible and prayer were kicked out of school, were kicked out of the public schools. When they kicked prayer and the Bible and God out of the public schools and out of, out of the government, and out of society, when they, when they, when they banned public prayer in, in schools, the SAT scores plummeted. Suicide rates plummeted. Crime skyrocketed. Go look it up. Go look it up yourself. It's it's amazing when you see this, how, how everything just went just chaos when God was kicked out of the schools and kicked out of society. And you see, when God is kicked out of the governments, what happened? Corruption. Great, great, great corruption took over the governments. Corruption took over society. We see sin becomes rampant and the disease starts coming in. Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Great earthquakes shall be in diverse places. Well, there have always been earthquakes. But what this is talking about is the, is the prevalence of earthquakes will increase in conjunction with all these other things. That while all this is going on, earthquakes will become more common. Wars will become more common. Kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes and pestilences and famines and it will become more common. Everything will just start really kicking it off. It will become more and more prevalent, more common. Great signs shall there be from heaven and it will become more common. Jesus says, this will happen, but, verse 12, but before all these... They shall lay their hands on you and persecute you and delivering you up into the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. What else do we see as a symptom, as a sign that will happen in the end of days? Hate of God. Hate of the church. Hate of the Bible. Where, the, where being a Christian will, will be nigh illegal. Reading the Bible will be nigh illegal. They will arrest you for preaching the gospel. Do we see that happening today? Yep. I don't know what it, how much it's, how common it is in the United States, folks, but here in Canada, it has become a plague of its own. You wouldn't believe how many preachers, street preachers, evangelists have been arrested in just the past two years. In the past two two to three years, the sheer, sheer amount is just incredible. The fining and the chaining up, the banning, the blocking, the, uh, the oppressing, the arresting, the fining, the imprisoning of Christians and preachers and churches, is, it's just insane. Let alone just this past week here in Canada, just this past week, that the, uh, uh, the Canadian Parliament has just passed a law law now it's now law that romans chapter 1 in 1 corinthians 6 where it talks about uh, homosexuality that it's now banned by law it is now against the actual law here in canada to speak against 
against homosexuality from the Bible in regards to convert uh, conversion therapy, meaning telling them that it's wrong to saying that homosexuality is wrong. You should repent of it and that and that it's against the Bible. It is now against the law. Look it up. It is now Canadian law that there are portions of the Bible now that are actually against the law and considered hate speech. Just like he said, just like he said, verse 12, they will oppose the faith. They will persecute you. They will hate you. They will imprison you. They will torment you and torture you. These things will happen just like it is in china just like it is in russia just like it is in the middle east just like it is in, in huge portions of africa and now just like it is in canada it is now sweeping the nation this cancer this disease is spreading over the globe god hate bible hate christian hate church hate righteousness hate Let's go back to Psalms chapter 2. Let's go to Psalms chapter 2. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel uh, together against the Lord and against his anointed. The believers, the Christians, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Do we not see this happening? That was a prophecy. Psalms chapter 2 is a prophecy. It's a prophecy. That the kings of the earth and the people of the earth will gather themselves together against God and against God's saints. Saying, let us cast off their bands asunder. What are the bands? The scriptures. The law of God. The law of God. That this will happen. These things will happen. We will see the love of many shall wax cold. We'll see saints falling away from the faith, becoming overly apathetic, no longer caring. They'll hate God. They'll hate the truth. And they'll become cold to this. They'll oppose the churches. The churches will be shut down. They'll be chained up. And the people won't care. They won't gather together. They won't evangelize. They won't witness. They won't read the Bible. They won't pray. And we'll see more and more of this, just like we were told. Jesus gives us a warning. He gives us a warning here. Something to be to be aware of, something to be mindful of. And in verse 13, look what we see in verse 13. And I shall turn to you for a testimony. Jesus says, and it, all of this will turn to you as a testimony. We'll prove that this is true. We'll prove you. We'll prove your case, Jesus says. That all of these symptoms, all of these things that will come to be, will be proof that the word of God is true. It was all foretold. And you can, you can point this out to people. Say, look, 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 look. Do you see? Jesus spoke of it to a T. And it's returned to you for a testimony. Verse 14, settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. That to, that to not worry though, Jesus says, but don't worry. When all this is going on, don't worry. I will tell you what to say. I will guide you. I will help you. I am with you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. And settle not to in your hearts what to say. Don't try to figure out, well, well what, do I, what do I say? What do I say? 
It's already been written what you should say. Keep saying the truth. We ought to obey God rather than men. Don't look to your own philosophies, your own psychologies, your own wisdom of your own intellect. Don't worry about that. Don't try to figure out fancy phraseologies. Just speak scripture. What does the word of God say? Look what he says, verse 15. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom. I will give you the words. I will give you the wisdom. Which, which, which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Don't worry about it, because I'll give you the, all the words and wisdom, and even your enemies won't be able to oppose it. They'll try, but they can't destroy it. They can't defeat it. You see, our wisdom, our intellect can be fought against, can be contradicted, can be opposed. But you cannot destroy the word of God. You cannot wipe out the scriptures. They've tried. And they failed. Verse 16. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends. And some of you shall they, shall they cause to be put to death. Family will turn against family. Do we see this happening today? Do we see it happening? Where, where children and parents are now opposing each other. Turning each other in. Hating each other. Fighting against each other. Family against family, kinsfolk against kinfolk, brethren against brethren, children against parents, parents against children, friends against friends. Yeah, we see that happening today, especially with what's going on today in our society uh, regarding illnesses and plagues and all this kinds of stuff. We're really seeing a polarization of people hating these people and even, even infighting in families. Children versus children versus parents versus children. It's insane. Just like he said. It's a symptom. It's a symptom of a disease. This disease is taking over society. It's taking over the saints. It's taking over our minds. It's taking over our countries. This disease. What is it? What, what is this disease? Rejection of God. Rejection of the word, ignorance of the word, apathy of the word, apathy of the fear of God, apathy of the word of God, apathy of the spirit of God. When God is rejected, everything goes to hell. Psalms 9:17. The wicked shall be turned to hell and every nation that forgets God. Is that the powers of hell, the ways of hell, that the oppression of hell, that the... the, the uh, the, the, the nature and the behavior of hell takes over. That's what that means. That's what that means. Family against family and brethren against brethren, kinsfolk against kinsfolk and friends against friends. And some of you shall they cause to be even put to death. What do we see happening? Seriously, this is insane. What do we see happening? You wouldn't believe how Many people are saying publicly that a certain people group that refer, that refuse to get the jab should die. We see people actually turning against people in, in this manner too, wishing that, that, that those that refuse to go along with society should, should die, that they should not be allowed in the hospitals, they shouldn't be allowed to go to the grocery stores, and that these kinds of people should just die. You wouldn't believe 
how many people are, ha are having this kind of attitude and not just that we even see in china that where they are putting christians to death in the middle east they're putting christians to death another and in africa they're slaughtering christians in certain in certain provinces it's insane we see the health minister in new brunswick canada the health minister of new brunswick canada says that that the, the people that refuse to get the jab don't deserve to live and that food is not a human right and that these people who do not get the jab do not deserve to live she said that just like it says some of you shall they put to death just like it says, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Are the Christians hated by all men for Christ's name's sake? Yep. Are you keeping the score? Are you keeping score? Are you putting the check in the box of all these things? When, when, when you look at all of the symptoms, when they all start uh, correlating with each other, you know that there's a serious problem. If it's just one thing or just a couple things, you know, there's, there's plausible deniability. But when you see all of the boxes being checked, every box is being checked, you know something serious is on the horizon. You know there's a big, big problem. You'll be hated of all men's sake for my... All, you'll be hated by all men for my name's sake. In this world you shall suffer tribulation. Yes, horrible things have happened all down through time. Yes, bad things have happened. But we have never, ever in all of human history, we have never seen where all of these symptoms are universal around the world. Where it's all around the world. Where we see every nation working together in the same thing, in the same mindset of the same societal control of a one world government, one world manipulation, of a one world mind. That we even see in the religious circles, we even see the Pope working together with the UN and everyone else uniting in a one world religion. We see Catholicism joining hands with Islam, joining hands with Buddhism joining hands with all the other religions. And now they're making a huge, new, multi-faceted religion. They're working on it. It's to the point now, folks, you can't ignore it anymore. You can't ignore it. You can't bury your head in the sand and say it's all going to go back to normal. It's not going to happen. There, that will never, ever go back. Because we were told, Jesus said, these things must come to pass these things will happen offenses will come you can't stop it you can't avoid it you're gonna have to figure out how to work your way through it because there's no way around it you can't say well my country will fight back your it's your country's is borrowing time it's on borrowed time it's only a matter of time before it falls too you look at the united states look who's in the white house are you really telling me it's going to go back to normal with those kinds of clowns and devils controlling the nation you think they're ever 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 going to going to uh, to uh, give up their power look at the rest of the world what's going on there's a point and a purpose to it all there's a point and a purpose to it all. And we see all of the symptoms of all these things correlating together. It's a sign of the end of times, sign of the end of days.
People care more about their own health, wealth, and prosperity. They care more about their liberties, rights, and freedoms. They care more about their own selves. They're selfish, self-righteous. They're only they're so self-focused. They don't care about God. There's no fear of God. There's no fear of God in the majority of churches. And that 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 so many professed saints are fallen away into great apathy. We see no love of God, no no hate of sin, no love of righteousness. What what do you expect is going to happen? The rest of the world is going to follow suit. And we're going to see sin abounds. And we're going to see hell will proceed. And the devils will take over and destroy everything. We, we were told that this would happen. Jesus then goes on to say in verse 18. But there, but there shall not in hair of your head perish. And your patience possess ye your souls. Is to not worry. Because... The word of God can never be destroyed. There will always be a remnant of God. The devil can try to control the world and the, and, and, uh, the evil can take over. Wickedness can proceed. But even in Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah had Lot. Had Lot and his family. The world before the flood was all fallen away and hated God. But that world still had Noah. We see that there will always be the saints. There will always be the witness. There will always be the word of God. Even in the darkest, darkest, darkest moments of, uh, of history, there will always be a witness. There will always be one crying in the wilderness. There will always be an Elijah. There will always be a Deborah. There will always be the church. There will always be the remnant of the remnant. That's what he means by that. That's why we don't fear, we don't worry, we don't stress, we don't fret, we don't we don't waver. In your patience, long suffering, long suffering and patience. Just as Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah, patient, waiting it out. He stayed with the Lord, he kept his head down, and he just served the Lord. Righteous Lot, vexing his righteous soul with their sin day after day, seeing it and hearing it, and all that going on constantly. And your patience possess ye your souls. That's what he means by that. Just as Lot and Sodom and how he just stayed the course and served the Lord, even in the midst of all of this horrible debauchery. This is Noah, when all the world hated him and mocked him, and he preached the truth and warned them for 120 years while he built the ark. He, he just kept his head down, did his work. In patience, he possessed his soul. He served the Lord, even though all this is going on. Jesus then switches gears here, switches focus, and he gives us a bit of, a, of some insight on some historical events. He, he shows us a what's going to happen first. The end of the time of Israel and the beginning of the times of the Gentiles. We see, we see the beginning of the times of the Gentiles, how, how what happened is the great destruction that comes with, with a full rejection of God. Now Israel had pretty much rejected God. They hated the Christ Messiah and, and nigh in unison and cried out for Christ to be crucified and that uh, they had rejected the gospel. That when God is rejected, destruction comes. It happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. It happened with the world of Noah. It happened with Rome, Babylon. It happened with Nineveh. It happened with Egypt. It happened with Pompeii. The full rejection of God the society is wiped out. 
great destruction comes. And we see the same thing happened with Israel. Verse 20. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, what is Jesus referring to? Rome in 70 AD. Rome in 70 AD. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them that are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be the days of vengeance, and all things that are written may be fulfilled. Because what happened in 70 AD? That's when Rome came officially to conquer Israel. And uh, you should read, uh, it's not for weak stomachs, read what Rome did to Jerusalem in 70 AD. A complete, utter desolation. Where they actually tore down the temple. Just as Jesus said, well, look what Jesus says, the days will come in which there shall not be one stone left upon another that shall not be thrown down. It was actually specifically recorded in 70 AD that when Rome took Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple of Jerusalem to such an extent there was not one stone left upon another. It was specifically written by the historians during that time, look at Josephus and others, that when Rome conquered Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple to even not one stone was left upon another, just like Jesus said. But woe unto them that are with child, and them that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword. You wouldn't believe the, the recordings, the historical records of the slaughter, the slaughter that came upon Jerusalem by the Romans. And they shall be led away captive into all nations. And, it, and the Jews of Israel were, dis, were dispersed throughout all the world. They were dispersed into all nations. They, that, that Jerusalem was destroyed. Israel was conquered. They shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, the Romans, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. The times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. We even see to this day uh, where we see Jews are that are still dispersed all throughout all the all the land, and we see great oppression upon Israel. So Jesus gives us warning about all this, and then we see a switch where we see at, at the beginning of the end of days. One of the signs of the beginnings of the end of days is Israel will become a nation once again, and that happened after World War II. After World War II, we see that they were actually given back their land officially, and Israel became a nation officially again, and they, they took the land back. That is actually in the Bible, recorded in the Bible as a prophecy that this will happen, and this will be one of the signs. Just like we were told. And then we see Jesus then shifts to the signs at the end of times, as one of the signs at the end of times is when Israel becomes a nation again. And in verse 25, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars upon the earth, distresses of nations with perplexity in the sea and the waves roaring and men's hearts failing them for fear. And all these things in the sky and see events and things in space will happen. 
We see signs of things in the earth will occur, as we've already covered a bunch of that. And look what it says in verse 26. Are you paying attention? Luke 21, verse 26. Look at the wording. Look at the wording. Men's hearts failing them for fear. What would you describe, how would you describe the majority of the populace of earth today regarding the things going on in our societies, the things that's going on worldwide? Would you say, would you describe it as men's hearts failing them for fear? The fear and panic and torment of mind controls society, controls the media, controls the governments? That everyone is scared witless, everyone's fearful, everyone's afraid that everyone's going to die. Would you describe it as that? There's yet another check in the box. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. We're going to be seeing even more things. And then when we see in... Uh, in verse 27 that all these things will occur all these things will start to take place then we then we see a shifting of focus all these things will increase more and more and more and more and more and more and more until finally the climax the point the purpose of what happens verse 27 and then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great and great glory and christ will come again all of these things were foretold all of these things were told this is what is going to happen and to a t it's all occurring everything just like he said just like he said about 70 a.d just like he said about about israel but being dispersed and just like the word of god talks about how they'll be brought back together and just like it says about all this all the wars rumors of wars and pestilences and plagues and famines worldwide now, we shift gears here to verse 27. This is where we start seeing some people start to bicker and fight about this kind of thing. Is When will the Lord come again? How will this happen? Well, like I said before, at the beginning of this broadcast, the word of God is very, very specific. Now, we take a look, for example, here about the coming of the Son of Man. That's Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 about the son of man coming with power in the clouds when will this happen how will this come to place we see in second thessalonians chapter 2 where it's very very specific and it even piles on some of the things to look look to about signs of the times second thessalonians chapter 2 Verse 1, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus and by our gathering together unto him, the second coming of Christ and the gathering of the saints, the rapture of the church, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. As all these things will be going on and it'll be getting worse and worse and worse. Don't let it trouble your mind. Do not let fear control you. That ye be, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letters from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you, whether politician, health minister, preacher, doesn't matter who or what they are. Let no man deceive you by any means. 
How can we keep ourselves from deception? What does the Word of God say? I believe only that. What does the Word of God show and teach specifically? I hold to only that. Nothing else will distress me. The Word of God is my guide, my wisdom, my instruction. I care only about this and I fear nothing. I fear the Lord. Nothing else. Let no man deceive you by any means. The day of, for that day shall not come. What day? The, 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 the second coming of Christ. Will not occur. It will not occur except these things happen first. You see many people talking about, well, we see all this going on. The, the coming of Christ, it's imminent. Christ is coming. It, it, it's the second coming of Christ is imminent. No, it's not. No, it's not. The imminent return of Christ is false. The ideology of that is false. As the word of God is very clear in the specifics. What does it specifically say? That day, the second coming of Christ, the coming of Christ in the clouds, will not come until, except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Who's the man of sin? The Antichrist. The Antichrist. Christ will not come. He will not come in the clouds until the great falling away be fulfilled and that Antichrist be revealed. We will see all these other events. The earthquakes and the pestilences and the famines and the wars and all those other crazy, crazy, horrible, awful things will occur. That's just the buildup. That's the buildup. And then we are looking for these last two things. These last two things. The fulfillment of the great falling away and the man of sin be revealed. The man of sin being revealed is the last box to be checked for Christ to come again. That until the Antichrist is revealed, Christ will not come. That's what it says right there and anyone else telling you otherwise is what the bible says let no man deceive you they're deceiving you with a false teaching false doctrine saying that christ will come before the antichrist is revealed no christ does not come until the antichrist is revealed which we see more in revelation chapter 6 the rider on the white horse that goes forth conquering with flatteries now the bible is very clear on this that a guy will rise up in the in the one world uh, globalist economy globalist control and he will unite the world under himself he will conquer the world with lies and flatteries and he will make peace in the middle east for the purpose so that they can build the third temple because look what it says how does he reveal himself the son of perdition verse 4 second Thess second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4 who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called god he'll oppose god he'll hate god he will hate the church he will persecute the church he will persecute everything that is biblical and he'll oppose everything against god and he will exalt himself above god saying that he is god or that is worshipped. So that he as God, the Antichrist as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's when the sun will be darkened, the moon will turn to blood, the stars will fall from heaven. 
The Son of Man will appear in the clouds. The trump of God will sound. The dead in Christ shall be raised first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's what it says. Are you reading it? Are you looking at it? There's so many other people have differing opinions and views and stuff. But what does it just simply flat out say? That's what it is. This is how it's going to happen. Jesus does not come back before the Antichrist. He comes after the Antichrist is revealed. Now, when does the tribulation period start? Well, we see there's, there's what is called tribulation and great tribulation. The tribulation period starts when the Antichrist first comes on the scene. When he first comes on the scene. What does that mean? We will see him. We will be here. We will see a man rise up and start uniting the world under himself and flatteries to unite the world in a one world economy in the new world order. One world religion, one world economy, one world system, one world socialist, God-hating, Christ-hating, church-hating system where he'll unite all the world under himself. We will see that. We will be here. We will experience it. We'll see it in the news or read it in the newspaper. You'll see it on the online all this. You'll see it in the videos. This guy working and speaking and all the world will love him. All the world will love him. And then he'll focus over to the Middle East. He'll focus on Israel and the rest of them. And he'll unite a peace treaty in Israel. And they'll start building the third temple. We will see them start building the third temple. We will see them complete the third temple. We will see this guy calling himself the, the, the one world leader or whatever. This Antichrist guy, he will go over and he'll start promoting himself that he is God. And he'll sit in the temple and mock God and call himself God. And that's when Christ will come. That's what it says. That's what it says. That's the specifics of scripture. That all of these events and pestilences and plagues and famines and wars and hate and, and all this other stuff, the apathy and the great falling away is just building up to this point, to this purpose right here. Now, the questions that are asked, as I mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, there's an individual asked me some questions regarding the end of days. Now, this is what the Bible flat out says. This is how it will happen. This is when we'll be taken up. Now, we see the tribulation. Uh, the regular uh, starts here and we start seeing that the beginnings of the end of the the of the the rider on the white horse the rider on the war on the white horse he comes in with flatteries and lying signs and wonders all this to unite the world under himself to bring in the peace of the middle east and to build a third temple and all this stuff and the the hate and the oppression and the persecution upon the church will be so severe uh, that all the world will hate you and this, this is what, what it's building up to. It builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up. And they build the temple and it's getting worse, 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 worse. And he even sits in the temple calling himself God and all the world will start worshiping, worshiping him as God. That's when Christ comes in the clouds. Suddenly the trumpets of God will just 
burst across the sky. The clouds will be rolled back, and there he is in the sky. And the people will be running for the mountains, crying upon the rocks to crush them for fear of God. And there he is. All eyes will see him. And the, and the trump of God will sound. And the dead in Christ shall be raised. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, caught up to meet him. And while this is happening, if you read in Revelation, the moment that this occurs and we're called up, that's when Israel's eyes are opened once again. And Israel will realize that Christ is the Messiah. And let's see, ter people turning to the Lord right there while this is happening. We're being caught up and God, God seals, simultaneously seals 144,000 of them to be his witnesses because this is where the tribulation period ends and great tribulation takes over. That, that we are called up before the wrath of God is poured out like the flood at Noah, like the fire upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot was pulled out before the fire at Sodom and Gomorrah. Noah was pulled out just before the flood. We are pulled out just before the wrath of God, the great tribulation. And this is where we see the Antichrist is given full uh, full control. The hand of God is pulled back. He who, uh, the restrainer, he who now letteth will let. It is the protection of the hands of God is removed. And we see the vials and the bowls of the wrath of God are poured out upon the earth. And that's and that occurs. The mark of the beast occurs during the great tribulation, all this other stuff. That's what happens there. We will not be here for the Great Tribulation. We are removed when the Antichrist calls himself God in the Third Temple. When he, the moment he calls himself God and they declare peace and safety, they have they finally conquered the world. They finally conquered the world. That the, the globalists finally have their man, and they now have full Luciferian control of the world. That's when the flood falls. That's when the fire falls. That's when the wrath of God falls. And we're pulled out just as the uh, uh, just before the rain falls, just before the fire falls. The wrath of God. Verse 28. Jesus says in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. For when you see these things happen, all of these events, the control of the world, the hate of the world, the fear of the world, the pestilences and the plagues and the famines and, and all the, the one world economy, one world religion, the one world society. And we see them uh, see a guy trying to unite peace and all this other stuff. When you see all this happen, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Look up for Christ is coming. He is coming. But he told us what to look for. We don't know the day nor the hour. We weren't told the day nor the hour, but we were told the signs. We were told the events. We were told the details. We were told the specifics of the events. We weren't told the day nor the hour, but we were told exactly what to look for. This will happen, 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 then on and on and on and on and on and on. Start checking the boxes, start checking the boxes. And then when you have all of the symptoms, then you know what's going to come to pass. You know what's going to happen. And Jesus tells us in verse 29, Luke 21, verse 29. And he spake to them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they, when they now shoot forth, you see and know 
of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. When the trees start budding and then the flowers and the leaves and all this stuff start coming and they start blooming, you know that summer is coming nigh when you see that happen. So likewise ye, verse 31, so likewise, so likewise ye, when you shall see these things, all these events, you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. What does he mean by that? What generation? The generation of the church. The church cannot be destroyed. They can try. Oh, they tried. They tried. Many, many times they've tried. The Inquisitions and the and Caesar's persecutions and the Colosseum and the martyrs and all this other stuff. Oh, they've tried. And the, and the socialists and the communists have tried many, many, multiple times. China tries. The, the, oh, they try the, the different religions of peace. They try to wipe out the church, but they can't. They can't. That's what he means. This generation of the saints, this generation of the saints cannot be destroyed. They can try, but they'll fail. They fail every day. They, they used to have Bible burnings. The Catholic Church burned the Bibles and the communists burned the Bibles and the pagans burned the Bibles, but they can't wipe out the word of God. They cannot wipe out the church. It's the hand of the protection of God upon us. This generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Look at it says in verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I highlighted all those ones. Give me a second here. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Verse 34. We're almost at the end here. Verse 34. Look what it says. And then Jesus then turns his attention. He tells us all about the end of times and all the stuff that's going to happen. And we're seeing it being fulfilled to a T. Just like scripture specifically detailingly says. Detailingly. Is that a word? Let me know. Let me know in the comments. Is detailingly a word? Okay, verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, but beware... Pay attention, take heed, pay all attention here, take heed to yourselves, to yourselves. Pay attention to your own self here, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. Look what Jesus says, beware, be careful, pay attention, lest you get all caught up in your life. You're all caught up in your own luxuries and vanities and, and your own wealth and luxury. Just like those rich men pay, giving all their tithes and stuff. But they couldn't care less what it was about. They're just going through the motions. But the widow, she cared. She knew. She paid attention. And that's what Jesus is telling us about. Because in the great falling away, the great apathy, this is what it is. Where you, you lose the fear of God. You, you, you lose the love of the word of God. And you become apathetic and you become over controlled and overcharged with the cares of this life just as jesus says all these things will fade all these things will be destroyed we saw it happen to israel we saw it happen to jerusalem and the great destruction came upon them and we see it happening now to the gentiles it is going to happen to us just like it happened to them 
All everything's going to be destroyed and wiped away. We see the enemy is going to take over and conquer and control us. The enemy is going to try to destroy the church, just like Rome destroyed the temple. We see it's going to happen to us. Beware. Don't don't be caught. Don't be surprised by it. This day is going to come. When you get so caught up in your life, so caught up in your, your luxuries and your work and your family and your friends, so caught up in luxuries and vanity and materialism and traditionalism and all this stuff and apathy takes over, these things will conquer you. You will be one of the conquered. Verse 35, for as a snare shall, shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. It's like a rabbit. Is this running along, walking along, and he doesn't see he doesn't see the wire snare that's hiding in the grass right there. All he has to do is hit the little trigger, and the snare will pull, and it'll catch him, and he's stuck. He's trapped. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to come to pass. You can't stop it. It's like a flaming freight train barreling down the tracks. You can't stop it. You can't derail it. You can't stop it. It's going to go through and there's nothing you can do. It's going to come to pass. Offenses will come. Pestilences and plagues and famines will occur. Wars and rumors of wars and hate and God hate and the, and the one world economy control and this globalist, communist, socialist, God hating, Christ hating, church hating movement will take over. Abominations will fill everything. And saints will walk away. Churches will shut down. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell in the face of the whole earth. It will come to it come to a town near you. It will come to a home near you. It will affect you. will affect your life. And there's no way out of it. But as Jesus says, fear not. These things must come to pass. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. It just means that Christ is that much closer. You're that much closer to seeing him come in the clouds. Just like Peter walking on the water. All of the horrible, horrible things, the storm and the waves and the fear around him. But he had his eyes on Christ. We see all the fear and the horribleness of society and, and, our, and our countries. And everything is, is, is going terribly. But we see him coming. Can you hear the rustling of the robes? As the Lord is, is, is standing up out of his seat. And we hear the rustling of the robes. He's getting ready. He's coming. We hear the rustling of the angels lining up behind him as he's coming, as he's marching. He's coming, he's coming. It's it, we're that much closer. They're getting ready. Can you hear the angels taking the deep breath? Can you hear them breathing in deep? They're getting ready to blow those trumpets. We're that much closer. That much closer. Stand fast. Faint not in prayer. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Keep ready. We're almost there. Don't let these things take you. Don't let all of these things and the fear of this world destroy you and your faith. Don't stop the, in your service of the Lord. We're that much closer. We're that much closer. We've never seen it in all the history of man. All the history. We've never seen all of these things happen on a global scale. We've never seen it. Yes, we've seen horrible, horrible things in Rome. 
We've seen it happen in isolated areas down through time. But now it's global. Every country is affected by this. And the whole planet. It is everywhere. There's even reports of this. Uh, of all of these things. Of all this crazy societal corruption. And, and paganism and abomination. And all the fear and manipulation. Even occurring in the deep jungle tribes. That the people are being sent to the jungle tribes. To drag them into the same control and mindset of the rest of societies. It's a global event, just like the Word of God says. Verse 36, But watch ye therefore and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and, and to stand before the Son of Man. What does he mean by escape? That these things wouldn't control your mind. That you wouldn't be taken in fear. You would not be controlled by the world. You would stand fast in the things of God. You would be faithful in the, in the service of the Lord. That you will not fall away and become one of the apathetics. That you will stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And you be not again entangled with the yoke of bondage. That you would stand in the Lord. That's what that means. To be a worthy disciple of Christ in the midst of these things, like Lot in Sodom, like Noah in, in, before the flood, like Daniel in Babylon, like Elijah in Israel, surrounded by the paganism of Israel and the prophets of Baal, as Elijah Mount Carmel, you'd stand fast, worthy, serving the Lord no matter what is going on. As the Ahabs and Jezebels try to control this world, you will be as Elijah in the midst of it. You'll be as Deborah in the midst of the persecutions of the enemy. Watch ye therefore. Watch these events. Pay attention to them. Be aware of what's going on. Don't shove your head in the sand. Be aware of what is going on. But don't let it cause it to build up fear in you. Don't fear it. Don't fear it. Look at it as a fulfillment of prophecy. Yes, we were told this would happen. Let it be as a testimony to you, as Jesus says. Use, use these events as, as official proofs of the truth of Scripture. Tell the people, look, this was foretold. This was foretold. This was foretold. To bring people to the understanding of Christ. Verse 37. And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple. And at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple for to hear him. As we see, the, the Lord sets us an example here at the end of chapter 21. Is to teach and preach and warn the people. To warn them of the wrath to come. Of the wrath of God that will come. That they might be aware of what's going on. And aware of the truth of God. But we also see something else. Rest. Holy rest. To not work yourself to death. To not be so overcome that you just, you have no rest. You need to take rest. You need to take some time off. You need to care for yourself. How can the Lord use you if you're burning yourself out? That your mind is always consumed with everything going on. You need to give your mind rest. 
break off of social media, get away from the people or whatever, whatever needs to be done to go out into your wilderness like the prophets would do, to get away from everything for a while. Like Jesus would go into the Mount of Olives for a while. The disciples would, t would come apart and rest ye a while, Jesus said to them. is to guard yourself, guard your mind, to guard your life, guard your home. That you need holy rest. You need to protect yourself. To not let fear take a hold of you. As Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, fear is uh, sorry, faith is refusal to panic. Faith is refusal to panic. You will not allow panic to enter your life and your home. The people will always be there. But you need to prepare yourself before the Lord. To get yourself ready. As Jesus said, take heed to yourselves. Take heed to yourselves, lest you are overcome. Don't let, don't let all these things overcome you, conquer you. The enemy is coming. Rome is coming. And he, the Rome is conquering. Don't be one of the conquered. Don't let fear take you. Don't be controlled by fear and panic. We see great pestilence, great abomination, great destruction, great desolation. We see great abomination sweeping our nations. We see, we see godlessness and faithlessness. We, we see hate of God, hate of Christ. We see paganism and abomination, fear and panic and filth just taking over everything. People run to doctors and they won't run to God. See, God is not in all their thoughts, but we will not be like them. We will be set apart. We will watch, therefore, and pray always, serving the Lord always. Our minds belong to Christ. Our hearts belong to Christ. Our bodies are the temple of God and we will not be torn down. These temples will not be torn down. The, the, the devil in this world and sin will not lay a hand upon us. We will stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. We'll be free in Christ. We'll stand fast and we'll speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll work in all Christ-likeness and the love and the meekness and the long-suffering and the patience. As it says, it, as the Lord says here, in your patience possess ye your souls. Long-suffering and patience. To be patient with the people because they don't understand. So we must help them to understand in patience and long-suffering in meekness and grace. Forgiving them for they know not what they do. And when you... And when you are standing example of this, 1 Peter 3.15, when you sanctify the Lord God in your hearts like this, and you stand ready and you work in the Lord in faithfulness and truth, in, in fearlessness, in the power of God, the people will come to you. They will come and ask you of the hope lying within you. And it says here, verse 38, and all the people will come early and they will ask you, why you're so different, why you're not taken with the fear, why you're not taken with panic, why you do not go along with society. They'll ask you. And then you can teach them. But again, how can you teach them if you're overcome? If you're overcome with the cares of this life, when you're overcome with the cares of your own life and luxuries and vanities and materialism, when you're overcome with fear and panic and control of society, how can you teach them when you're controlled and you're one of them? You need to be one of the servants of Christ, not one of the world. You need to stand apart and be different. 
Luke 21. We are in the end of days. Very clearly, very clearly we see it. When we put all the pieces together and we check off all the boxes, it's undeniable. We see it. Now what do we do with it? How, how can we ready ourselves? By acknowledging that this is what is happening. Now we know. Now we know how to proceed. How do you proceed? You get that much more busy in the things of Christ. Leave off the things of this world because the things of this world are diseased. It's diseased filth. Leave off the things of this world. Care not about this world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Rather, love the Lord more. Hold fast to the Lord more. Gather together with the saints more. Just as the word of God says, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together, but gather together more and more as you see the day approaching. To get busy in the things of God more. Stop caring about politics and all the stuff going on in this world. It's just a sign of the times that, that we see what's going on. Don't be caught up in it. Fear the Lord and the Lord only. Care about the Lord and the Lord only. Separate yourself for the Lord and the Lord only. Otherwise, there's only two options. Otherwise, you will, you will be overcome overcharged and conquered by the things of this world you will be if you do not hold yourself to christ and the word of god more and more you will be overcome by the things of this world you will be conquered by rome and rome is coming rome is that is that that machine that just destroys everything this machine is moving and you can't stop it you have to get out of the way you have to ignore it. You have to get away from it. You have to warn people from it. And we see following the machine is the wrath of God. And we need to warn people of the wrath to come. Warn them. Tell them they must repent and believe the gospel for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So... With that, it's quite overwhelming. And we read the news and we open up our, our social media, read, read all the stuff that's going on in the morning, all the new news, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's ridiculous. The paganism and the abomination and the filth and the fear and the panic and the corruption and the lies and the deception and the heathenry. It's just unbelievable. You know, if you could actually go back in time and get a newspaper from Sodom and Gomorrah and bring it up to today, I'll bet you there that our newspapers and Sodom's newspapers aren't that much different. Honestly, not that much different. Now, I'm not just talking about, you know, the, the filth of society. I'm talking about, like, governmental, political controls, economic controls, all this kind of stuff. Everything, it all goes in together. It all goes together. The signs of the times, of what's, what, what will occur. As in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. We were told. We were warned. Prepare yourself. Get ready. 
you can't deny it. You can't deny it much more. You can try to hide your head in the sand, but eventually the sand will be blown away and you'll have nowhere to go. You can lie to yourself. You can deceive yourself. You can try to ignore it. You can try to, 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 to dream of the days past. Oh, I'll go back to normal. It won't. And you're going to be left distraught, destroyed, and conquered. You need to get with the times. The times of the scriptures at the end of times. What does it say to do? So ready yourself, prepare yourself, get ready. It's going to get worse, much, much worse. These days that we are in right now, it'll be nothing, absolutely nothing. It will be considered the good old days compared to what is coming down the road. And if you're not getting ready now, how much worse it will be for you over there. Ready yourself. We were told it's going to get worse. How much worse do you think it'll be when the man of sin, the son of perdition, is on the scene? And he's actually uniting the world under him. He, the devil incarnate. How much worse do you think it's going to be under him, under his rule? Ready yourself. Strengthen your faith. Fast and pray. Serve the Lord. Get ready. Prepare yourself for the battle. The battle of faith. The battle of faith. Are you going to be one of the those that have fallen away? Are you going to be one of the remnant that is found worthy? Seriously, get ready. So there we go. Wrap it up with that. I hope that uh, this has been a help and a comfort and a strength to you. Please uh, give this uh, a like. Uh, uh, give us a like and subscribe. Hit notification bell icons. So we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We got tons and tons of goodies on different topics and things. So make sure you check those out, as well as our website, ChristianCoffeeTime.ca. We got tons of links, all other platforms and other goodies there as well. And please make sure you you rewatch this share this around warn the saints get yourself ready that it is it's just a sign of the times that we see it you can't ignore it read the word of god what does it specifically say what does it specifically say if you want to know more about the end of days and you're interested in what's going to happen in the times of revelation please check out our playlist our our bible study series on the book of revelation Go over to our playlist and you'll see, you scroll down, you'll see the book of Revelation, a Bible study. Check that and watch that. Go through that. Pastor Paul does a phenomenal job of walking you through the book of Revelation and pairing across all scripture. And he shows you all of this stuff as we go through and exactly how it, how it lays out, how it will occur. Please watch that study series. It'll blow your mind. And we see it when we when we take a look at the study of Revelation and we look out the window at our days today. <laughs> We're there, folks. We're there. So please make sure you check that out. So with that, God bless you, folks. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.